ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Claws to the Wall. Y'all know what time it is. I am your host, Isaiah Garner. I am joined by Kobe Jackson, Justin Brown. Y'all know how we do. Um, You know, coming back from the weekend, a lot of stuff has happened. So, you know, we're going to give y'all all the reactions to it. You know how we start. Texas State softball. And it's 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 an unfortunate thing. Um, Big sigh. Take... It's just tough. Um, I don't want to go off in too much of a tangent, but, man, I I don't know what to say. Um, I know we've talked about how, you know, we need to see them be a little more consistent. And I don't know, though. Getting run ruled this past weekend, that's, that's tough. I mean, I know they had a close loss the first game. Then to come out that second game and get run ruled. I mean, you won, you won the, you won the third one. You know, but mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like too little, too late. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I know you're on the road, and I know it's tough to play on the road. But I'm sorry if you want to be a top-notch team, at least in your conference, these are some games you got to win. And I mean, I'll let y'all kind of see. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll let y'all kind of go off on it a little bit more. But I mean, it, it's tough for me. I'm I can't even lie to y'all. That's that's a little tough to see. Yeah, it's it's been. It's been a tough season so far. You know, started off kind of in a slump, and then they, you know, they regained themselves, and then they're back to a slump again. But I, don't, I just don't know. I mean, there. I honestly, I don't know what to say because it's been up and it's been an up and down season. You really just don't know like where to go from here as far as uh, you know the rest of your conference because you know you got big games coming up. You got obviously Baylor uh, at this time of this recording. You got Baylor tomorrow, and then you got. Um, you know, you got Georgia State, another good Sun Belt team. So uh, this team, I don't know what could be missing. Maybe you know their batting is just you know unorganized. Maybe you know their pitching's. I mean, their pitching's not bad. Like Jessica Mullins is having a great season, but you know, it's both offensively and defensively in softball and or not or baseball. No matter what sport you're playing, so uh, it's just just an up and down road for for the Bobcats. But I hope they can uh, you know try to get back uh, back to their winning ways. Hopefully. Yeah, Kobe, I think you hit it directly on the on the head, but I will say that I just feel that this team needs consistency a lot more. Um, they're four and seven at home, and that's a losing record at home, and that's something that is we we shouldn't really have happening. I think that we need a sense of consistency, meaning if I look at this week's schedule, I see that we're away. Yeah, that could be a tough series, but when you're home, that should be a sweeper or that should be a good series where you're putting up good numbers, good runs, mm-hmm. and getting dubs. But I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing inconsistency. I'm seeing off games from multiple star players, and I'm seeing a score that's 2-10 to 10 when you get run ruled. Now, Texas State, they are sixth in the Sunbelt Conference for this reason alone. They're 7-8 and eight in conference, 21-17 and 17 overall. And I think that you're just going to need to see some stepping up from the, the younger group out there like Sierra Trahan. You know, I, I came out and watched her game a few weeks uh, a week ago or so, and uh, she was making some careless errors. You know, you just need to pick those up as a player, mm-hmm. um, and then your team can really do good. I know Ricky Woodard, you know, great coach, and they have a great program there. They just need to learn how to get some consistency early on. I mean, get some consistency going on, because if they don't, I mean, it could cost them their season. And, I mean, for me, 
no loss is ever a good loss, but oh, no. for me, this is a bad loss. This is a bad loss. You know, losing to somebody bottom of the league in the Sun Belt Conference, mm-hmm. these are the ones you need to win because, I mean, 7-8 and eight in conference, below 500. I'm looking at everybody else in conference. Like, there's really only – I mean, no, no. Every team above them is above 500. I mean, at least in conference, and anyway. they lost to ULM, a team that's actually in eighth place right now. Yeah, the ULM Warhawks in Louisiana. Yeah, so that's a bad. Yeah, that's like a bad, especially to get run ruled. Like oh, I know, yeah. I know anything can happen. You have a series, not everything's going. But if an eight seed can run rule you, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm looking at South Alabama, they're nine and one in conference. I'm looking at Louisiana, mm-hmm. they're twelve and three. App State, I think they've already played them, or that might have been the baseball team, but if they did play them already, they're above them right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's just tough. Like, I'm not even really worried about the out-of-conference games anymore Mm-mm. because, I mean, 21-17, but I think you brought, up, brought it up perfect. That home record is 4-7. and seven. Not, and, not ideal at all. And something mm-hmm. that would kind of aggravate me and most fans is, see, tomorrow they're going to be playing Baylor, right? Now, say they somehow itched out a great win against Baylor. I'd be like, okay, so what What did y'all talk about to make y'all change y'all's way of playing when it comes to Baylor? Why couldn't y'all do that to ULM? Why can't you do this to these previous teams? What consistency do y'all need? What chemistry do y'all need? What is the missing piece that you have when you do win games? Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it your energy on the field? Is it batting practice beforehand? What is it that these girls are doing when they win compared to when they lose? That is what Coach needs to be thinking about. What does she do with these girls differently to allow them to win those ball games mm-hmm. and not lose them? I don't know what it is. If you look at it, it could be the pitching rotation. could be the batting lineup. I'm not sure, but there's something that's not consistent here that needs to stick. Like, you know, with our baseball team, we know they got it locked down. Oh, we yeah. saw them respond to adversity, and we will get to them soon, shortly. But I'm just saying, it's just... They need to find that consistent piece if they want to win against teams like Baylor in their upcoming series. No, yeah, you you said it right out. You said it right on the money. To be honest, because like when when you look at it, when you have a team that's going up and down, like I mean, we talked about it with the baseball team earlier this year during their season. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you're there, and is it practice? Is it like y'all winning? Like does it get to your head? Mm-hmm. Like maybe not maybe not this late into the season right. because you, I think they understand like because I mean we're kind of ragging on them right now but I think they under they're not professional athletes but they know what it is they they True. in this program exactly. they they know what college softball is like so they know they know I'm pretty sure they know what they have to do mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they're not putting in effort either but something's got to be fixed like we're watching it you know that's what we're gonna talk about like mm-hmm. and it's the same across the board so the way I'm looking at it. You that like for sure this ULM loss is bad, like oh, yeah. for sure because going in they were what five uh four and eight. Mm-hmm. To me, this loss is bad. Like that's got to be like we got to look in the mirror or figure figure out. They got to look in the mirror and figure out what type of team they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what to be. You you know what I mean. And and then these upcoming series coming up. I mean, it's like we see that we see the potential. We see them. You know, hey, okay, this might be the start, and then boom, it just falls. And yeah, the next like, series is this weekend against Georgia State. It's gonna be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. And I mean, it's the one right above them. They're above five hundred. Honestly, even though they're above them in the standing, I would call that a bad loss too, because I think on paper our team should be better. Yeah, absolutely. I believe the Bobcats should be better, and you know, like I think on paper we can really compete with any of these teams in the Sun Belt. It's just. I mean, we say it all the time. It's that inconsistency. So yeah, and I mean, I do. I am a little harsh on them, and we—they are professional athletes, and I know they put effort on, and that's how they got yeah, there in yeah, the first yeah, place, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that they're one of the few Texas State programs that 
aren't doing the best right now, and um, I want them to get up to par with the baseball team and our track team and other sports that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. So that's why we may be a little harsh on them because they're kind of slacking back behind the line a little bit. But I know they can definitely come back into this if they find their consistency that they're missing and continue to put that teamwork and effort into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, well, speaking of the baseball team, you know, we just saw them uh, this past weekend, unfortunately, lose that series to um, – Georgia Southern. Southern. Yeah, mm -hmm. Georgia Southern. And that one's a little bit tough for me, too, because I feel like that was a series that they really needed to win. Mm -hmm. They're now second in the conference. They Georgia State's above them. They don't play them to the end of the year. So hopefully they can keep winning these series and stuff. But to me, I think that was going to be important because Georgia State is right above them. Troy is creeping up behind them. And now yeah. Georgia Southern, if they end up, to, if they end up tying, mm -hmm. Georgia Southern would have that tiebreaker over them. Mm -hmm. in the head-to-head. -head. So, um, I mean, again, they can't win them all, but I feel oh, like course. this was – I think we're getting down to crunch time, and I feel like that was going to be an important one yeah. that they should have came out with. Mm -hmm. But, um, Kobe, uh, I, be were you, I believe you were there for one of them. Yeah, yeah. I was calling the uh, the Saturday game with me and Tabby this past weekend, and mm -hmm. uh, we well, I called the one where it was the high-scoring one. Final score was 13-11. Uh, to 11. Uh, But overall, if you look at the series – I wouldn't say it was bad, but also it wasn't good, you know, because uh, I know Friday Zeke Wood was absolutely dominating on the mound until he got, you know, until he got pulled out, and then the game went into extra innings. Uh, I believe they stopped in, like, maybe the 11th, I believe, uh -huh. and then, uh, you know, final score was 7-4, to four, and then I was on the call Saturday with me with me and Tabby once again, and it was a high-scoring game. Both, both offense was just hitting the ball. There were so many home runs. I think it was, like, combined, I think, 11 home runs. Out of that game, it was it was it was crazy. And then, uh, but most the most thing that uh, to me, if I had to recap the series, I would say the most thing that they had issue was was their bullpen, because that's kind of been the story of their season. If you really look at it, you know how can their bullpen finish? You know, does Coach Stroud have you know confidence in these pitchers who are young? Because some of them mostly are freshmen, so. You know, having confidence in them is is putting a lot of weight on their chest. So, uh, but I mean, other than that, it was it was a good series. I know I hate the fact that you know they only got one out, you know, one out of the three. But I mean, th yesterday's game was actually phenomenal. Justin, I know you were on the call for that one with Bill. But um, you know, Dalton Shuffield and Justin Thompson, those are the two names that really stood out this series. And obviously, got to give big props to Jose Gonzalez for the walk off yesterday. But I mean, it was a good series. It was a good series. But I hope they can. Kind of get back. I know this. I know going one out of three is not really what they wanted, but uh, let's hope they can continue this and uh, try to get big time wins this coming week. A hundred percent, Kobe. I think I completely agree with your final statement there. But hey, I had the honor to produce the Friday game, the one that went extra innings, and I had the opportunity to call it yesterday with Bill Colhane for that final game, which was a win for the Bobcats. But this series right here, okay. One of the most exciting series that we've had at Bobcat Base Park this season so far. Absolutely. And it's just because of how close it was oh, between yeah. both teams. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm telling you, if you've never watched a baseball series in your life, you just missed one of the best ones you could watch. It has everything that you want in it. you got home runs. you got beautiful throws across field from Dalton Shuffield to first. You have amazing fielding. And you have some very interesting bullpen situations for both teams. We saw the Georgia Southern Eagles go through seven different pitchers in that Saturday afternoon ball game, and they oh, went yeah. through four different ones on Sunday. Sunday. Now, what I would like to mention is that 
the homers were hot, and we had six <laughs> Texas State home runs in that Saturday game. We had Justin Thompson, who uh, you know got one first, John Wethridge, Wesley Faison, Peyton Lewis, Dalen Pena, and another one from Wethridge. And then you look at Sunday's afternoon, Sunday's affair, and you had Justin Thompson going off. Jose Gonzalez had to hit that walk-off. It was just an amazing series, a series that was so close. That first Friday game went into 11 innings. I was there in the station. Not None of us were expecting extra innings. We were just dying for it to end because we were all tired and hungry. But guess what? It went extra innings, and the Eagles took advantage of the Bobcats. Some people say that came down to Stiver's rare pitch that led to a home run for Christian Avon in that fr- on that Friday evening and led the game in extra innings. But, you know, it was just a beautiful series. And one, a message I think this truly is from this team, our team, the Texas State Bobcats, is that we know how to respond to adversity. You can, ha- you can get us in three losses. You can do two losses in a row at our home, and we'll still learn how to respond and crunch it in crunch time. And I think it really came down to Stiver's coming in in that last game mm-hmm. on Sunday. He had two runners on base, and there was an opportunity for all of them to come home and the game to be completely blown out of whack. But he played good, and he did what he does best, and he held them only to one run in that inning and then responded with Jose Gonzalez getting that amazing walk-off home run, and the game was ours. Just a beautiful series. And if you have the opportunity to go back and look at the highlights or the recap or the stories or any of our KTSW information on that game, it was just an amazing series and one that all the fans should have saw. For sure, for sure. Um, one thing I did want to point out, because, Kobe, you kind of alluded to it, and I wanted to touch on it a little bit more. I think earlier in this year we were talking about how they always came on late, like how they would give up them runs a little early. And, and then come hot. And then just try to come hot at the end, exactly. And then these and their two losses, you know, six runs in the fifth inning when they lost 13-11. Uh, to 11. Yeah. Like, that, and that's in the fifth. You know, they shutting them out the first the first three, mm-hmm. and then they gave up six in the fifth and fi- and five in the seventh. And you know what I mean. So that's like it's kind of they're starting they're kind of reversing it reversing now. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at Sunday, the first inning, bottom of the first inning, scores five runs for the Bobcats, and they were eleven and one in games that they score first. So that's what I was excited about when I saw that. Bill told me, "Hey, man." This game's gonna go all the way into extra innings. Don't even don't even stress it. And what did what did the Georgia Southern Eagles do in the top of the top of the fifth? They scored five runs themselves. So you know it's just insane that this team we we were expecting them. Hey, we need y'all to score early on. Exactly. Well, they're scoring early on, and Georgia Southern's responding. They have timely hitting. You have to worry about a team that has proper timely hitting. But you know our Bobcats did the right thing and closed the game out properly. But it was a close one, a ten to nine, ten to nine win in the in the what ninth inning is. Ninth inning, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a blowout in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, 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 for sure. Because I mean, you you brought it up, eleven and one when they score first. Their only one was the game uh, where they lost thirteen to eleven, yes. literally, because mm-hmm. uh, five runs in the seventh, and then both of them scoreless in the eighth or ninth. Yeah. And then even that first game where they lost four to seven, that was a lot. That was a lot closer than than people think. Than it would. Pe- yeah, you know what I mean. Like four to seven to me, three runs ain't a lot. Mm-mm. You know what I mean. Three runs ain't a lot. At least um, in baseball, it's not. Yeah, and then literally them three runs, like they all came. In the uh, in the eleventh inning, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we just couldn't get on. You know what I mean? So like, you could say fatigue, you could say you know, wh- whatever you want to say about it. But to me, that's not bad. But at the same time, I feel like it was kind of like one of those games where they really needed to get. Yeah, yeah, they you know definitely. Because I, mean? need Cause I to feel get like it. that's gonna have implications later on down the road when they do play Georgia State. Because to me, that's that's um that's going to determine some belt championship right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yes, know it what will. I mean, so. 
And I would just like to touch on before we move on with mm-hmm. Kobe's point about the bullpen. I think that is so important to this series, and this is why this series was so unpredictable for both ball clubs. Absolutely, both ball clubs after that extra inning affair, they were running short on their bullpen rotation, their pitching rotation, and they had to resort to people that they never were would never put in. And we saw Georgia Southern; they started the game off with Danny Madden. What did Danny Madden do? Well, he threw perfect five runs for the Texas State Bobcats mm-hmm. and was gone right after the top, the the, the bottom of the first so yeah he was gone so basically both teams had to go through really deep rotations with eras up in the eight and nines Uh resorting to pitchers that would usually never make an appearance in such tight games but ben johnson and stivers the two closers for both ball clubs both were doing great in that ninth and tenth uh, that ninth inning and we were like i was expecting an extra inning affair after both these these two great pitchers but Obviously, the Bobcats got the the greater side of the stick, and we won that one. But oh, I yeah. would say that that bullpen rotation and that that point is so crucial to why this oh, series yeah. was how it was. And then last thing I'll say on that: um, in the seven to four loss, the Bobcats had three errors. You know what I mean? They had zero in the thirteen eleven, but they, they had get one to, yesterday. And then, and then ten and nine, they had one error. You know what I mean? So they're keeping it at a minimum. You look at those three errors and the loss. Like I think that's uncharacteristic mm-hmm. of Texas State. I, I don't. I've, from the games I've watched and been able to see and pay attention to, they're not a team that makes a lot of errors. So me seeing three, I'm like, oh, well, you lost by three. Like, did them timely errors kind of cost you? So, but I think this team is is very much set to still win the Sun Belt. They're, they just got to keep it on track. You know what I mean? I know if you lose them little out-of-conference games, that might hurt you in the standings a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if you keep losing to unranked people and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But but um, as far as the conference goes specifically, I mean they're I believe eight and three now or eight and two, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, they're right. They're right. Nine and three now. Nine and three. Yeah. I apologize. You're so good. they're right, right um, below Georgia State. We know that's at the end of the season. I don't want them looking ahead so much, but <laughs> they also have got to have that sense of urgency yeah. and keep it mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you know that's that's going to be determined one in the Sun Belt. And fortunately, we other sports we've seen like hey, we might win the regular season, but mm-hmm. fall apart, you know, towards the end. So hopefully they can get that together, but I know they can. Their next game will be against Baylor as well at home, April 12th, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Y'all Big come time. Out. Yeah, y'all come out and support them, and then we will be previewing uh, the next episode, their series against UT Arlington, which will be in Arlington, Texas. So we'll be previewing that. So that's um, unfortunately all there is for the Texas State News so far, I believe Texas State track has a track meet this weekend. Charles um, Austin, Charles Austin, yeah, Charles Invitational. Yep. So we will be track legend. Yeah, we will be previewing that on Wednesday as well. So y'all make sure y'all tuned in for that. So now we're gonna move on. We're gonna go national. You y'all 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 know what's happening. You, for those of you listening, y'all know what's happening. NBA playoffs are right around the corner, but of course we have a little bit of a pit stop. We have the <laughs> NBA play in. Mm-hmm. Oh now, yeah. If y'all have been listening for, you know, a couple weeks, months even, y'all y'all know where I'm at when it comes to this play and y'all know y'all know how I feel when it comes to this play in. There is a team who is not going to make it. <laughs> what is team a, is that? Oh, well, you know, just a team out of Minnesota, you know. The twins? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, mind y'all, so I really want to put this out there. I, I was telling people before Paul George and Norma Powell came back that the Clippers would beat the Timberwolves in the play. Now they're back and they're hooping. I don't think it's crazy to say anymore. You know what I mean? And then if the Timberwolves lose, 
all that pressure, C.J. McCollum is that guy. Like, I mean, he better than Donovan Mitchell with keeping it a buck. Mm-hmm. So, and everybody looks at Donovan Mitchell as that guy. So, Pelicans, I think the Clippers and Pelicans really make it out that West. You know, and then it's a, it's a, Clippers low-key can make some noise if we're keeping it a buck. Like, now that Paul George is back. They can really make some noise. Well, Isaiah, I like that we're talking about the play-in right now in these two teams. Now, Tuesday is when the first play-in games start, and that's going to be on the east side. We have Cleveland and Nets at 6 p.m., and then on the west side we have the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Uh Now, the Clippers and Timberwolves, that's a 7 and 8 seed matchup, so we know the loser of that (laughs) is going to go play the winner of the ninth and 10 matchup, which will be the Spurs and the Pelicans or the Hawks and the Hornets on the other side. Now, I want to hear y'all's predictions for Tuesday. Okay, maybe we can get into Wednesday's predictions next episode. But what is your prediction? Cavs, Nets, and then the Timberwolves versus the Clippers. Who's winning what? Go Kobe first. Uh, Game one, Cleveland Cavaliers versus Brooklyn. It's a playing tournament, so you don't even got to worry about no seven. It is, but you're fighting to get into the playoffs. I know technically this is considered playoff already, but they're fighting for a seed in the playoffs. But if you really look at how both of their seasons have gone – the stories have been mostly on Brooklyn's side because, you know, the talk about, you know, James Harden leaving, you mm-hmm. know, Ben Simmons coming to the Nets and not playing at all. Cleveland has just been just quiet and just been competing. But if you notice, they kind of dropped off the face of the earth yeah, because they, they were top they four. Like they were they top were, four at one point. And they then were like, very much in position to stay yeah. in the top six and then kind of fail at the Exactly. End. So they kind of dropped off. But, you know, I love Kevin Durant. I've always, you know, loved him ever since he played for the long for the Texas Longhorns. And when he came for the <laughs> when he came from the Super Sox and then transitioning to Oklahoma City. But Durant, it's time it's time you gotta go. This is Cleveland's time. Okay, I, so Cleveland's I'm picking, winning it. Yeah, so Cleveland's gonna win it. And then the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Isaiah, I know how much you do not like <laughs> Cat. But, but I think it's his time. <laughs> I really think it's his time. But like you said before, and like Justin, like you alluded to earlier, Paul George is back. And usually when Paul George is in playoff form, he's in different mode. Yeah. But he is. So, you know, and like you said, Cat hasn't been in the playoffs since, what, 2017, 2018? 2018, yeah. And choked when he got there. So you think that both of these all-star players and teams have a little <laughs> bit to prove here. So, but this is, to me, this is going to be a close game to me. But I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. So, you, we have Clippers. an exciting play in here, Kobe. That sounds like, I love your points. They're all really good. And I think Tuesday is going to be one of the best days for basketball. Absolutely. And we're going to save the best for last with Isaiah's predictions on this one because I don't mm-hmm. know if we know what they are already. But I'm going to tell you this right now about this Cleveland Cavalier and this Brooklyn Nets matchup that we're having the first one. I'm going to tell you right now, would you be surprised if I told you that the Cavaliers beat the Bucks by 16 points, 133 to 117 yesterday? And that's with three Bucks in double digits. And guess who led them, which is quite surprising. And I would love to see him lead the team in the playoffs. We saw that Kevin Love drop 32 and 10. We saw Lori Markkinen drop 25 and 8. That man, this team 
is quite unexpected, and they have a lot of youth. And here is the problem for the Brooklyn Nets. If you're the Nets, if you're Steve Nash, this is what they're prepared. They're prepared for this Cleveland Cavalier team to hit that court going 98 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. This is a young team that can outrun you, and they don't have risk of injury. A lot of them are young, fresh players. We've got Evan Mobley. He is amazing, power forward and center, a great rookie pickup for this ball. Yeah, rookie of the year, definitely. Now, so I think, personally, I'm ready to see another super team die, the east side version, and that is the Nets. We saw the Lakers die in the west side. LeBron's so lazy, he wouldn't even play the last two games. What a (laughs) goat. People think that's their goat. That's hilarious. Um, So, but sorry about the tangent right there on the side. But yeah, Cavs beating the Nets. That super team's going to die. KD and Kyrie are going to have to go somewhere else probably in the offseason. I don't know how they're going to pay for them anymore. You don't have enough Cavs space to play for Steve Nash, (laughs) Kyrie, and KD, baby. You're going to need to sell the whole city of Brooklyn to afford that. Now, second game, we have Clippers and Timberwolves. And here is what I'm going to say now. There is the biggest discrepancy between two positions in these two teams. One team is 41 and 40. The other one is 46 and 35. And the one discrepancy that these two teams have is the center position. And there is a quite huge advantage for one team in the center position. And that is the Timberwolves with Carl Anthony Towns. I'm sorry, Zubox. Okay, I understand you want to say Jonas. If it was Jonas, maybe you can nah, contest nah, that. No, no, no. Zubox. Okay, Isaiah Hartenstein. I love when he played for the Rockets. Okay, look. Now listen. Cat, <laughs> he's going to go off. D'Lo and Ant, that's a perfect guard tandem to match Reggie and Paul. And I, uh, Reggie, Reggie Jackson and Paul George. You can give D'Angelo Paul, because I know he's more experienced, Give Ant Reggie, and he'll be pestering the whole time. I think it'd be a great game to watch, Absolutely. and I think it's going to deal with, and I'm going to guess right now, and if I get this right, holy moly, it's a 12-point win for the Timberwolves over the Clippers. A tw- <laughs> no, not 12, not 12. That's too big. Six. Six-point win. Six-point win in overtime. Six-point win in overtime. Timberwolves beat the Clippers. That's my predictions. Timberwolves over Clippers. Cavs over Nets, six point win for the Timberwolves. That is hilarious. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take note of that and I'm gonna make sure. <laughs> oh no! Uh, you said you said six point win for the Timberwolves. Yes. In overtime. In overtime, sure. Why not? Okay. Okay. And the game is in. It's in Minnesota. It's too. in Minnesota. That means nothing to me. Minnesota has no home court advantage. What are we talking about? All okay. right. So. I want the Cavs to win so bad. I I think I said it on earlier podcasts. I know I've said it with other people. The best case scenario for me is if the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers are not in the playoffs. That would be fantastic for me. That would be great. I think that would be for that a lot would of be, basketball that fans. Would be really Everyone. Fantastic. I would super teams are dying. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The super team era is over. It's over. It's officially over. Um. It's all about depth and team construct, and if you have a great duo, and like how it used to be, play, yeah. So that that's done. But Jared Allen, I don't know if he's coming back for Tuesday's game. Evan Mobley came back, and that was kind of up in the air. If Jared Allen isn't there to help with that rim protection, I mean, K Love is nice. I like him. I, I I'm gonna say Cavs, but I'm leaving room there to know. Like if they get beat, I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, what center is gonna win this? Is it gonna be Drummond? Is he? Gonna I mean, no, but I mean, you if you you need Jared Allen here mm-hmm. because the way Kyrie can finish and the way KD 
and just get to a spot. Like, you can't stop those two. Mm-hmm. And although I like Colin Sexton and Karis oh, yeah. Bird and yeah, Markin yeah. and all them guys, them not having Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. I said when he got hurt, that's kind of why they fell off. When Ricky Rubio was there, they were a top three, top four team. So them not having Ricky Rubio to help with that second unit, obviously they got Karis LeVert because Colin Sexton got injured. But, like... If they don't have Jared Allen, it's it's gonna obviously it's gonna be a lot harder. But it's mm-hmm. I hope they win. This is me brooding with my heart here, but I hope they win because I think Brooklyn can get caught by Atlanta in the next in the next game if they lose. So I hope they win. But in the West, I'm not worried. Timberwolves. Are, if if <sighs> I'm gonna put it like this, bro. If the Los Angeles, if Tyron Lue, Paul George. Lose to Carl Anthony Towns. They get to go play the Pelicans and Spurs winner. <sighs> True. I know. But, bruh, they better not lose. <laughs> they better not. <laughs> Unless a uh, forbidding injury. Even though I said they would beat the Timberwolves before, if Paul George gets hurt middle of the game, that's a lot harder to adjust to than going He's in not. knowing you don't have to. I don't think he will. So, I know. So, assuming he doesn't get hurt, they better not lose. <laughs> they better not lose. All right. So, that's my prediction. The Clippers will beat the Timberwolves. I don't care if it's by one or if it's by 21. They will beat the Timberwolves and secure that seven seed. And then the Timberwolves will lose to whoever wins out of the Pelicans and Spurs. I don't care who it is. Whoever wins, I want the Pelicans because Jonas Valanciunas is my guy. Mm-hmm. But whoever wins, they will beat the Timberwolves. It would be perfect to watch Cat and Jonas go at each other, right? Hey. That would be your dream. Jonas would kill him. Jonas, <laughs> 25 and 12. And just wanted to add on to your point against the Cavs. Like, I think Cavs are such a secure pick because guess who's leading their backup? I mean, their backup floor is led by Rajon Rondo and who had 14 assists last which is, night which is the which best is, replacement for Ricky yeah and that's what I think so he's not looking to score the ball he's just looking to give it to you where you're open uh-huh. so I think just just honestly like that backup group is not bad and Evan Mobley came back scored 18 points off mm-hmm. an injury which is to me man for him it's that's good. good for a rookie that's uh-huh. a, that's real good not to mention another rookie by the way just a little shout out Jalen Green last game of the season 41 points his career high it's the first rookie to score 41 points since Akeem Olajuwon just saying for, for the, the Rockets. team or for the, for the Rockets oh okay, oh, okay. okay I was like uh I think we can oh yeah but so Kobe you have I have Cleveland and I have Cleveland the Tim- and Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Cleveland and Timberwolves. And I got Cleveland and the Clippers. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday to talk about that and then preview the following games. So, hey, when y'all when when the Timberwolves lose, just be prepared. <laughs> be prepared for that episode, okay? So just just know we won't show up. Yeah, (laughs) don't let them fall out the play-in. I'm just telling you right now, don't let them miss the playoffs because I will be doing this podcast by myself on Monday because ain't nobody going to be here to face that. But (laughs) we're going to get on out of here. I've been your host, Isaiah Garner. Of course, I was joined by my lovely co-host, Kobe Jackson, Justin Brown. Y'all know how we do. Y'all have a wonderful day. Go out and support them Texas State Bobcats, and we will catch y'all next time. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here.